Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children and youth through adoption, foster, and kinship care. Hosted by an adoptive mom with over 22 years of kinship and adoptive parenting experience, she's on this journey with you. Please welcome Sandra Flack. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That, of course, is Jeremiah 29, 11. I am your host, Sandra Flack. Can you believe it's Thanksgiving week? If you're listening to this podcast in its normal uh, order of release, um, then this week is Thanksgiving week here in the U.S., And I hope you've had a chance to start your thankfulness journal. I've been talking about that uh, a little bit each week on this episode, on this podcast. It's never too late um, to start one. Uh, I know it'll really minister to you because I, it seemed a little bit daunting when I first started a thankfulness journal, but now it's just a routine part of every morning. And I know some People who do it at night when they get in bed before they turn off the light, they just kind of sit and uh, reflect on the day and write down what they're thankful for uh, throughout that day. That's totally fine to do. It probably even makes more sense. I always do mine the next morning and reflect on the day before. But whatever, whenever you do it, um, it really is. um, It's an act of worship to the Lord because it's him we're thanking for the good things Um, the small things and the big things. uh, And it's just really a great way to gain perspective and um, gratitude. So I would encourage you um, to get going on that. This week, um, I'm thankful. Some of the things that I've written down, my grandson Killian is continuing to make great progress. You can always follow our story on Facebook. Um, My daughter, Melissa, has actually been using Killian's, um, there's a Facebook page, it's a public page called Killian Cardiac Warrior. um, And she's been doing Facebook Lives in the morning and in the evening, right from the hospital with Killian in her arms. She can now hold him. Uh, She was unable to hold him for 11 days straight. So as moms, we know how painfully hard that must have been. But now she gets to hold him. And he is doing great making progress every day, getting uh, medications reduced, getting uh, he's off of the CPAP and just has the nasal cannula, which he's not a fan of, but it's better than the CPAP. And they're starting to wean him down off of that. So prayers appreciated that you would continue to pray. I'm still praying that they get home for Thanksgiving, um, but he is making great progress and we're seeing answer to prayer every day. Another uh, thing I've written in my thankfulness journal this week, uh, we had a fabulous fundraising event, uh, our nonprofit Justice for Orphans. We did our third annual banquet last week. And I'm just so grateful for everyone who joined us and sewed into our ministry. And in conjunction with the banquet, we produced a wonderful video depicting the work of JFO. It's up on our social media. Um, I believe it's already up on our website. Um, So I hope that you'll go check that out because it really gives you a start to finish Um, glimpse into all of the things JFO does because we do the care portal. Many of you have heard me talk about that. Um, We've had tremendous impact 
locally in our capital region area here in upstate New York. Um, we have served um, over 2,800 children in the past four years, preventing many of them from entering foster care um, just simply by stabilizing their family unit um, by providing things such as beds and um, kitchen table and chairs and dressers and dishes and pots and pans and help with utility and help with extermination and just all kinds of different things that families really struggle with, especially, for example, a mom coming out of a domestic violence situation. And she, um, in order to get her kids out of foster care, would have to furnish a new place to live, a new apartment. And although she can get, um, you know, affordable housing and, and help with that, uh, before her kids can come home, she has to have beds for them to sleep in and a, a table and chairs to have dinner at and, and things like that. So um, we do a lot of that kind of work um, and also stabilizing so kids don't go into foster care, um, helping kinship caregivers who've suddenly taken custody of their children. And so those of you who are listening to this podcast are probably listening because somewhere along the line, you've brought kids into your home, whether as an adoptive parent like me a kinship caregiver, also like me, a foster parent. Um, so we do a lot of um, like boots on the ground work here locally in my region of the country. Um, you know, in addition to this podcast that you're listening to um, as a resource for parents and caregivers and all of our trainings um, that we offer, the FASD and the trauma and all of that. So um, the video is just a great um, visual of where we started what we do and why we do it. So I hope you'll check that out at some point. Um, so in fact, also, you'll if you do check it out, you'll catch a glimpse of my son, Slava. Um, he's on there uh, as well. And you kind of get a glimpse of our little, little bit of our homeschooling day. So he'll be happy if you check it out because he likes to be famous. Um, but so grateful for all of those, all of the above. Um, and it's all in my thankfulness journal. Let me know what you're writing in yours. Today, I have with us an adult adoptee guest who has written a wonderful Christmas book. It's a children's Christmas book. But before we get to her, a reminder about some of our amazing resources from JFO. Natalie Vecchione of the FASD Hope Podcast and Sandra Flack of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey Podcast would like to invite you to join their Hope for the FASD Journey, a virtual support community for parents and caregivers raising individuals with an FASD, diagnosed or not. This faith-based community includes an online bi-monthly support group, a monthly VIP conversation, and a private Facebook group which includes a video devotional from Natalie and Sandra every Saturday. To register, visit justicefororphansny.org forward slash training forward slash F-A-S-D. And coming up in early 2023, which is right around the corner, folks, I will be offering two online workshops, uh, another free 45-minute lunch and learn. Uh, it's an introduction to FASD. Um, I'll be on there to kind of just do like the, the, the intro and answer some questions. That next one will be on Wednesday, January 18th at 1 p.m. Eastern. And I'm going to do my first FACETS uh, workshop with you. Uh, it's a three-hour 
FASD deep dive. So if you have been hearing me on this podcast, if, you know, maybe you've done the lunch and learn, maybe you've, you know, you kind of know a little bit about it, but you really, really want to go deeper. This is what I did when I, when I came to that point where my son, um, you know, it was, it was, we were well into 2020, things were unraveling. And I was trying to figure out what is going on here because we've had trauma training. We've had all this stuff. What's going on? Um, and I started to take a closer look at the FASD. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know this story. Um, and that's when I began. One of the things that I did to go to go deeper was to take a facets training. Now, I took a, um, a six-hour facets training um, initially. So I'm offering you a version of that. It's a three-hour facets training. Um, it is the neurobehavioral conditions, including FASD, understanding and application of the facets brain-based approach. Okay, that's the name of it. Um, and I will be offering that uh, online on Saturday, January 21st at 10 a.m. Now there is a registration fee for this one. It is a deep dive. It is three hours long. The lunch and learns are free. You do have to register for them so we can send you the Zoom link for the lunch and learn. Um, but there is a fee associated with the facets uh, workshop. It's a three hour deep dive. We will be offering certificates of participation. So if you need to, um, you know, you, you'll be able to claim the three hours for your um, foster parent, you know, continuing education stuff. So um, we will offer certificates to everybody um, for that, um, for all of our trainings, actually, but especially if you if you take the time to do this three hour one. Um, so you can register for either one of these workshops at our website, justicefororphansny.org and backslash events. I think if you click on our homepage, the events button, that's where all the open uh, workshops are that you can actually sign up for. So they're all right there. Um, and we'll include a link to our website in the show notes for this episode so you can easily click and find out about that. So also a reminder, our bonus episodes with Dr. Jared Brown. Dr. Brown specializes in trauma, FASD, autism, and so much more. This series of episodes, um, Dr. Brown focuses on topics of particular interest to us adoptive and foster parents. We've been talking about prenatal trauma, complex trauma, FASD, screen time, executive function disorders, um, you know, what about our teens with inappropriate sexual behavior, working memory problems, cognitive flexibility, you name it. Um, and regular episodes of this podcast, like the one you're listening to right now of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey, they drop on Mondays, but the special series with Dr. Brown, they drop on Friday. So as long as we're doing the series, you actually can have two episodes a week while we're doing them. You won't want to miss any of them. The bonus episodes, we're, we're doing 20 episodes in all. We took a break for a couple of weeks, but now we're back at it. Um, so there's 20, 20 in all, um, and they are really some of our most popular episodes. So make sure you go back through um, and you know go scroll through our list of episodes and make sure you get all of those episodes. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode and um, let other adoptive, foster, and kinship caregivers know about this show so that they can find us as well. Now to our guest. 
Rhonda Robinson is an adult adoptee and award-winning author, mother of nine adult children, as a mother and now a grandmother of a growing population of grandchildren. Rhonda's passion for the next generation flows into her commentary on the social, political, and parenting issues impacting the family. Her newest book, The Legend of Christmas, An Untold Story of the Real St. Nicholas, written under the pen name of Teresa White, gives families a hero of the faith and a glimpse into the faith of the man that inspired the spirit of Christmas. We're going to be talking about that book today, as well as Rhonda's adoption story. So please welcome Rhonda Robinson. Hey, Rhonda. Hello. I'm so glad to be here today. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. I know we met briefly um, in Kentucky this summer um, at the Christian Product Expo, and I grabbed a copy of your book, The Legend of Christmas. Um, and we're going to talk about your book. I just read it to my son this morning to get his take on it, and he loved it. But before we get to your book, um, I just would like to start with your personal story um, as an adult adoptee. Would you share for uh, share with our listeners your story of adoption, what life was like growing up adopted? Sure. Well, I was adopted at six days old, so I was uh, born in uh, 1959. So when um, women, you know, became pregnant in those days, you went off to live with Aunt Mabel. And in my mom's case, it was um, Aunt or her sister Doris. And so um, that's, she went away. That was, it was a big secret to the family. And um, I was adopted at six days old. So my whole life was growing up hearing stories of, you know, my childhood or, you know, my babyhood um, that started out like when we got you rather than when you were born. And so there was never um, any confusion. It was just part of my identity that I was adopted. Um, and one of the things that I realized, you know, early on is that, you know, that my mom was my mom. There wasn't any, you know, you don't really know how you come into the world, but you know, that was, there was really no, no question, you know, in, in my mind, uh, my family treated me, my extended family treated me just like all the other cousins, you know, we had tormented each other and things like that. I grew up in Southern California and, uh, really had a, a great nondescript middle-class lifestyle, you know, in the sixties in, in uh, Southern California. Wow. And I, I've heard stories of folks back in those days when there was adoption, um, families tended to not tell the adopted child that they ever were adopted, which led to really traumatic events later in life when they discovered it. Um, yes. so, you know, I think it's, it's wonderful that your parents, cause they got you so young, you wouldn't have known really, um, you know, that they wove that always into your story when we got you, um, right. you know, I think that that was, that was great. They were also very free about answering any questions that I had to the, to the knowledge that they had, but also typical of those days is that when you were given it for adoption, um, that was still quite a but quite the stigma, and so both for the mother and the child, and so um, it was actually written on school papers, 
um, so um, and and school records and things like that. So it was very much uh, there was still a lot of stigma attached to it. So not only did um, adoptees not know, but like I said, you know that there was a lot of sh- uh, secrecy. So my my adoptive parents did not know a whole lot either. Uh, they they were they only knew what they were told. But it, the whole idea then at that time was that uh, it was all about creating uh, protecting the new family. And I've always been grateful that she that that I I was aware. It it, it was really important to me. Um, and I was also grateful to my mother that, you know, she, I knew she had options and that, you know, she, mm. she chose life for me. And, and I've always been very grateful for that. And um, so, yeah, but there was, there was, um, even though I knew that my, I knew that my parents loved me very, very much. Um, but I was not an easy child to raise. And so um, I never quite fit or felt like I fit in. Um, and, and I can't really emphasize enough to say that I knew that my parents loved me, but I put them through a heartish. <laughs> I was, ext- I was just a polar opposite. I was extremely rebellious, um, very hard headed and a creative. And so they just really did not know what to do with me in any way, <laughs> shape or form. But overall, you had a good relationship, you said. I did. And, and, I did. Um, yeah, we you felt loved. Good, and- yes. Oh, I always felt loved and protected. Um, and um, yeah, there, there was never, uh, never any, any, any hardship as far as really, honestly, as far as my family, you know, my adoptive family goes. We had, I also had an adopted little brother. Wow. So now you did search for your birth family and found some of them. So would you share about that part of your story? Well, I'm not really. Um, I actually fought searching for my family for years and years. I, I really had no desire to search for my, my birth family. Um, I, again, in those days, things were just different, you know, and um, I didn't know where her circumstances were. And um, I felt like I didn't need another mother. I felt like that I was fully content with the family that I had and the film family that I built. So I didn't search for her, although my I, I never wanted to show up on her doorstep. I felt like that that was a chapter that she that she closed with the adoption and that I wanted to respect that. At the same time, I was always open for her to find me. That was fine. I just didn't want to show up on anybody's doorstep. That was not what I wanted to do. So, but my family was a different story. My children, um, and I had nine, uh, my children were a different story. They wanted to know more about us. We have very strong characteristics um, that creativeness that creativeness that I spoke of I have um it runs in my children um we have artists we have writers we have uh, entrepreneurs um and so it was very, very you know we want they wanted to know where it came from 
they wanted to know where our looks came from. They wanted to, they, they, we all, the, all of my children look a lot. They're all blue eyed blondes. They all look very similar. And so they, they had a lot of questions. So when, after both of my parents had passed, um, it had been probably three or four years at least, um, my husband wanted to give me a 23 and me for my birthday. Mm. And I thought, well, that's safe. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> safe. I can find out. It answers all of my children's questions. They get to know their heritage. They get to know, you know, all of these different things, you know, their DNA makeup and that kind of thing. And I'm, you know, and I'm not interrupting anybody else's life. Well, I couldn't have been more wrong. I get, <laughs> I get the the uh, app, you know, I have the app and I have it all filled out. And my results come in, I get an email and I look and I look at this uh, app and I see listed, which really surprised me, um, our heritage. And I find it a list, first cousin, and I, as DNA relatives, and it just absolutely shocked me. I had no idea what to even do with that. So I took a screenshot and I sent it to my oldest son. And he says, well, I know what I'm doing today. <laughs> <So> <laughs> he spent it that Sunday combing Facebook. And he, he's, he found um, my, uh, my first cousin who was actually the son of the aunt that my mother had or my aunt that my mother had gone to live with her sister and so he knew the story and so mm. he knew I existed and um ironic, ironically enough he said well send me a picture ever and during the conversation so my son sent him a picture he said yep that's her I'll call you back <laughs> <laughs> So apparently I look more like my mother than um, my two sisters. And so I, with, with a lot of um, fear and trepidation, um, allowed him to tell my family that, you know, to be able to contact me. And I left it up to him that if they wanted to contact me, that I was open to that. And they did. And so. Wow. And you've had, you've met, have you met any of them in person? I have. I've met. Yeah. Um, I have. Uh, a total of four siblings living and um, that would be three sisters and a brother. And I have, I've, I've been blessed to get to know them and they've become part of my family. Um, ironically, my sisters uh, two on my mother's side never had children. Only my brother and I had children. And so for them, it was, I, I have, I didn't mention, but I have 34 grandchildren. So <laughs> when they found out that their sister not only had nine children, but 34 grandchildren, it was a little to them to start with Overwhelming, them. yes. <laughs> uh, but they, 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 uh, with open arms as well. So we have, we Aww. definitely have a, a very, uh, happy ending, you know, on that all the way around. Um, well, thank you for sharing that part of your story because, it's, um, I knew you were adopted, you know, mm -hmm. you were an adult adoptee. And when I, when I got your book and I thought, oh, this will make a great story, but I didn't actually know the whole story. So thank you for sharing that. Um, now the name given you at birth was Teresa White, yes. correct? That's correct. Yes. And 
that's the pen name that you write under, that you've written um, this book under. So let's talk about uh, The Legend of Christmas, an untold story of the real St. Nicholas. Um, like I said, I read it to my son this morning. He's a, a teenager, um, you know, with a developmental disability. So he's, he's you know, considerably younger, but um, he loved the story and had a lot of questions about different aspects of it. So um, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in on that as we go. But why did you write yes. this book? Well, my, my oldest daughter came to me when her son was about Uh, I don't really remember. It's been, honestly, it's been so long ago. I believe he was around eight. And she says, mom, you got to help me out here. She said, I, I don't know what to do. She said, people come up to Zachary, her son and say, Oh, what's Santa bringing you? And he looks (laughs) at them and says, there's no Santa. Mom, they look at me like I am the wicked mother on Miracle of 34th Street. She said, <laughs> like I'd stolen Chris from him. And she says, I, I don't I don't know what to do. Well, we never really celebrated Santa Claus. It was just, it wasn't really much of a decision. It just, you know, I just did, we just didn't. It was Jesus' birthday and we had our own yeah, traditions, so, and as you can imagine, with that big of a family, I got enough to do. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I didn't have enough uh, energy and time to uh, money to get secret gifts and stuff like that. I just did, and um, and so I started doing some research, and I was surprised to find out that he was actually um, Saint Nicholas. And you know, we hear those two names, Santa Claus and Saint, Saint Nick. Yeah, yeah, you're really being interchanged. Well, actually, Saint Nicholas was Nicholas of Myra. And maybe your reader or your listeners know this, but I didn't. I didn't know that he not only was a real person, but he was a, a person who lived during the time of great persecution. It was during the and that's what it's known as the great persecution. Rome was still very much in control and they were still um, absolutely persecuting and uh, martyrdom was, uh, was, was rampant at that time. Uh, Christians filled the prisons um, in those days. Um, And it was also during the time of the black plague. And so when the plague swept Europe, it um, he was orphaned at a young age. He was a Christian. I think I mentioned that he was a Christian. And but because he was a Christian, it was and during times of persecution, it was pretty much on the down low. You know, his mother taught him at home about their faith, but he was very his family was very wealthy. And so uh, when his parents died, he inherited their, his parents well and where the legends began was because he followed his faith so fully in such a dark time that it just impacted the world he had he had been given all this wealth and he ended up following Jesus in in giving all of it away bit by bit and I love the fact that one of the things that he did was when he gave things away, he followed Jesus by 
not know it, letting his left hand know what his right hand was doing. And so it was a, it was a secret. And so that's where a lot of these, these stories originated. That's why so much of what we do today in, uh, for Christmas actually originated with Nicholas before there was actually a Christmas. Hmm. Saint or Augustine let him out of prison because he was he was um, he was imprisoned for his faith. And when uh, not Augustine, Constantine, excuse me, Constantine, yes, yeah, Constantine, my bad, uh, uh, released him from prison. And then after that, he he um, declared uh, December twenty fourth as Christmas. So he was, you know, he was. He, that's why I say he was, um, he, he was there for the first Christmas. <laughs> yeah. The first real Christmas. The first real Christmas, uh-huh. December 25th. I love yeah. that. And I, I love how you weave through the book, the birth of Christ, um, into the childhood story of St. Nicholas, his growing up. And then through the storyline, you show some of those traditions that we're familiar with, um, and how they came about. Um, I tried to get my son to guess this because I was showing him the picture because the illustrations are beautiful too. So, you know, St. Nicholas being as, as older after he got out of prison had the white beard and the white hair and like a red robe. So I, I was trying to get my son to like guess. I said, who do you think he might be? And he kept like, you know, the, 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 the good answer of it's Jesus. He represents Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, don't you know anybody else with a white beard and a red coat? And it took forever to get around to, 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 to Santa Claus. So maybe that's a good thing. Right. But, yeah. but, um, well, yeah, we've, but we've he, really he... changed him. I mean, we've, we've, um, over yeah. the years, we've, we've, we've really, we've really, um, softened him and made him into more of a cartoon character than who he really was. And that was one of the things that made me totally fall in love with him was because he was brave. He stood up yeah. for the innocent. Um, he, he uh, he was very brash and brave. He's not the jolly old elf that we portray. Right. And one of the things that I wanted to give my own grandchildren was the this hero of the faith. But here's the other thing that I think is a real byproduct. I feel like parents today, their their children are constantly having to, especially Christian parents, they are constantly having to um, fight the culture and yeah. young children, if they want to give their, their children, you know, say, this is the birth of Jesus. And this is why we celebrate this, that conflict that my own grandson had, of well, there's no Santa, but in, in a way that there is. So why, by giving them a real story, what the truth of it, you know, they can laugh and play along and they can pretend with their classmates. They don't have to ruin anybody else's, Christmas by you know informing them of what's real and what's not they can <laughs> they can they can join in the festivities and not but but not be of it not have a little bit more have that tradition be even richer yeah yeah i love that idea and also i liked the part where it's historic because it caused my son to ask about well why is why was saint nicholas in jail for being a christian Right. You know, so we were able to have a little bit of that conversation. So I'm thinking homeschoolers will love this book because you can kind of touch on all of those points that we love. Um, and, and it's very educational. 
You also in the back include fun facts and traditions for families. You offer additional resources online. So tell us about those and where our listeners can find them. Sure. Thank you. Um, you can find them that I've created a website, um, the legend of Christmas.com. And my, 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 my hope for that is it will be a continual source. Each year will grow with it. Um, I will be offering a planner for uh, moms getting ready for Christmas. Cause let's face it, Christmas, it, you know, it, it's hard for us moms. Yes. We make it happen a lot of the times. And I know that there are a lot of great dads out there, but you know, moms, moms make it feel like Christmas. And we want, we want to create that atmosphere and that feeling and that nurturing. And so I know that was my heart. And so that this website um, and Christmas planner that um, I'm, I'm giving away is to help them create and every year, make this a little bit better and a little bit better because we only have just a little bit of time with our children at home Mm, and these Christmases where, you know, we can have that wonder of them opening up Christmas and sharing with them. And it's such a joy filled time that I don't, I don't want to see parents get um, overwhelmed with the the stress and the finance. and, And it's so hard right now. So every year I plan on adding more and more to this. We've got great stories and tips and recipes and just about St. Nicholas and ideas how they can they can help their children celebrate Christmas in the tradition of honoring Christ um, the way mm. St. Nicholas did. I love that. So the website is thelegendofchristmas.com. Can listeners get your book also from the website? Where can they get your book? Yes, they can. They can find my book um, on Amazon. They can find it. They can go into uh, their favorite store, uh, bookstore. If that if it's not on the shelf, then by all means ask for it, and I'm sure that that you know, and they can order it. Um, but wherever you buy books is is you can get it. But yes, they can find it on my website as well. And we'll make sure that we put a link. Uh, to your website in the show notes for this episode as well. And I highly recommend this book to our listeners. It's a great factual Christmas story um, and it's beautifully illustrated. And now's the time to grab a copy so that you can use that as you, as the holidays approach, because we're, we're in it. That's the season, right? So Rhonda, yeah, as we wrap up as an adult adoptee, so many of our listeners are adoptive parents, foster parents, um, kinship caregivers, what advice would you offer us um, from that perspective of your valuable voice as an adult adoptee? What advice would you give adopted parents? Oh, thank you for that opportunity. The first thing that comes to mind is don't give up on us. Um, I, as, as an adult adoptee, as well as a mother of my own children, I can tell you that um, being a parent is hard, no matter what way, no matter <laughs> how they come to you. Um, I can say from my own from my own personal experience that we come broken, and it doesn't matter at what age. We just we come broken, and so often the thing the heart that 
the heart issues and the spiritual issues that we need fixed are honestly beyond um, beyond what anyone else can do. It's it's a journey that we have to make. Your love and your support not be. It, it, I, I can't overemphasize how important it is. And, but I, I also want to say, just don't give up on us. Just don't give up mm. on us ever. Um, we're not finished yet. And <laughs> some of us take longer than others. And um, I think for, uh, I, I, I often joke that, that uh, my mother didn't forgive me for being a teenager till I was in my 30s. <laughs> it was hard um, but love ultimately wins yeah I didn't ask you this but this you, your answers were making me think of it at what point in your life did you become a Christian 16 16 16 yes yeah wow. I did that's wonderful so there is hope for all of us parents <laughs> there is especially hope. yeah especially caring for teenagers that have come in through you know, who've come in with trauma and brokenness, like you said, um, it's hard for them. It's hard for the parents, the caregivers, um, but there is hope and don't give up is what you're, the message that you're giving us. Don't give up. There, There is hope. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Rhonda. Thank you for sharing your story, first of all, and for your beautiful children's book, The Legend of Christmas and Untold Story of the Real St. Nicholas. Um, so grateful to have you on the show today and Hey, happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas. It's all right around the corner. Yes, it is. It's coming fast. Thank you so much for having. And thank you for listening to this episode of the adoption and foster care journey. I hope you feel um, encouraged and better equipped uh, for your parenting journey. I do apologize if you heard some of that little uh, techno sound in there. I'm not sure if the computer recording picked it up or not, but my daughter Missy was um, attempting to FaceTime me with my grandson um, Killian um, from Colorado. So um, I had to quick tell her to um, that she had to wait because I was in the middle of recording. So apologize for that. I don't, I don't know if the producer, I probably won't bother having him even try to find that and take it out, but you know, just keeping it real. Um, and keeping it real for you with help along the way of your journey. Be sure to check out our website again for the resources for foster adoptive and kinship caregivers, our hope for the FASD journey, virtual support community, our intro to FASD lunch and learn. There's one on the calendar for January and our facets workshops are all available. Just check out our website, justicefororphansny.org. Now for a signed copy of my award-winning book, Orphans No More, A Journey Back to the Father, you can visit my personal website, sandraflack.com. I blog for foster and adoptive and kinship caregivers there. Um, you can also contact me for speaking opportunities and grab a signed copy um, from my website, or you can grab a, a copy of the book wherever you get your books um, that signed copy would be only available on my website. And I have a nice little bookmark that I stick in there as well. Um, like to always give a shout out to our business sponsors, Trinuclear Corporation, Bishop Boundary Construction, National Bank of Koksaki, and Coleman Insurance Agency. 
These businesses care about children and families in crisis, and they help us do what we do. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe and let your fellow adoptive and fostering friends know so that they can listen and subscribe as well. Be sure to find and follow Justice for Orphans on Facebook and Instagram, as well as me, Sandra Flack. You can find me on both platforms as well. I am so grateful that you spent your valuable time with me today. I'm thrilled to have you along for the journey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey podcast, brought to you by Justice for Orphans. We hope you were encouraged today. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review and share it with your fellow foster and adoptive parent friends so they can be encouraged too. Be sure to find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. And check out our website for vital resources at justicefororphansny.org.